You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Wednesday, June the 15th. This is episode number one of the day. Talking about Miles Michaelis's near no-hitter, Paul Goldschmidt's continued dominance and the doubleheader sweep. I am Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Each and every day, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces, so use code LOCKEDON at checkout. St. Louis Cardinals with a great day on Tuesday as really all the momentum now shifting to the Cardinals as they sweep the Pirates. And before we get too deep into the show... I understand that it was against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I'm not trying to get overly excited or say this team is the best team in baseball, yada, yada. I'm not saying that. What I am going to say is I'm going to go back to my point that I was making on Monday's episode, is that is that the Cardinals have an opportunity right now to take advantage of the schedule at hand. The Cardinals playing the Pirates four times at home, the Brewers on the road against the New York Mets. So far, so good. Brewers lost one to the Mets yesterday. The Cardinals win two games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So they go two and a half up on the Milwaukee Brewers, who are now one and nine in their last ten. And Chris Bassett shut down the Brewers yesterday. So they have been taking advantage of the schedule tenfold. How have they been doing that? Well, we're going to actually start with game two. When I was writing out the episode for this one, I was going to talk about Goldschmidt, how good he's been, MVP stuff, all these different things. Well, now we got to talk about Miles Michaelis and how good he was in yesterday's ball game. And again, I apologize for not getting a show out in yesterday's uh, for, for yesterday, but as you can kind of tell, at least at the beginning of there, that episode voice is still trying to find its way back. But we're still getting two episodes out today. But Miles Michaelis comes within a strike of a no hitter. He goes eight and two thirds of an inning, gets his fifth win of the season. Gives up that one measly little hit, that two-out, two-strike double by Cal Mitchell in the ninth. Gives up an unearned run. He walked a batter and struck out six on 129 pitches. 81 of those were for strikes. ERA, as I mentioned, lowered to 2.62. Miles Michaelis, that is the best start he has turned in at the Major League level. No question about it. And it came on a start where the Cardinals needed him to at least go deep into the game. Because Matthew Libertor gave the Cardinals five solid, but you still had to use your big three in game one in Gallegos, Cabrera, and Helsley. So you had to use those three guys. So those three were going to be unavailable for game two. Michaelis said, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to go deep in the game. I'm going to go 26 outs. And fast-forwarding to that last play, seeing a little bit of hate on Bader on not being able to make that catch, mistiming all these things. First of all, that's an incredibly difficult catch to make. And if Bader is at quote-unquote normal depth, he makes that catch. And that is not a knock against Bader. With two outs, you want to protect in a a no-hitter situation. With two outs, a no-hitter on the line, you want to play shallow to protect yourself from the little blue base hit that drops in. 
If a batter hits it over your head, great. No problem. That That is what it is. Just let it be. And Cal Mitchell hit the ball 101 miles an hour off the bat with an expected batting average of 550. So, even the, the sabermetrics pointed towards that being a hit. But from the Cardinals' standpoint, from Michaelis' standpoint, that is a heartbreaker to give up. He was so good. I was surprised Marmol let him roll as long as he did. Ended up getting pulled out um, immediately after that bat. Exited to a standing ovation. But a quote that I want to talk about, Miles Michaelis said that he felt like he let down the defense because of how good the defense really was. Because no no-hitter, no perfect game is complete without that play. Without the one sparkling defensive play. And the defense the whole night outside of the one Yepes there was spectacular for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I thought that was an interesting quote from Michaelis as he was just like, hey, I felt like I let the team down. And <laughs> if Miles Michaelis is listening, or if somebody can tell Miles Michaelis this, from Lucas Smith of Locked On Podcast Network, host of Locked On Cardinals, Miles Michaelis did not let anybody down yesterday. Not one single person. It was a heartbreaker to watch him lose the no-hitter. But Michaelis has what was phenomenal yesterday. And yes, this was this is the day after no-hitter. Emotions are probably still a little bit high on my part. So I recognize that. But Michaelis is turning in his best season since the 2018 season. Yes, he's got tagged with four losses. He's definitely has had his bad starts. But overall, 5-4 and four and 13 starts. 82 in the third innings already. 66 strikeouts and a .97 whip. His last two starts have been phenomenal. Eight innings against the Rays. He gave up just one two-run home run. Also gave up, so eight innings, three hits, two run. That's a tough luck loss there. He struck out nine. And then against the Pirates, got the win. As I mentioned, eight and two-thirds, a hit, an unearned run, a walk, and six punch-outs. He's looking like he did in 2018. When he was 18 and four, 283 ERA, 200 and two-thirds, seven innings pitched. That's how good he's been this year. A couple of seasons of ERA is north of four for Michaelis in 19 and 21. Only nine starts in 21. Did not pitch in 2020. Miles Michaelis, this one, Miles, I think, is a little bit more of a dark horse candidate for his award. I'll talk about Paul Goldschmidt in, in just a minute for his award that I think he should win. But for Miles Michaelis, he's a dark horse Cy Young Award winner right now. And I talked about this the f- earlier on in the season when he was on one of these roles. But even, you know, I mentioned the last two starts. His last seven starts haven't been exceptional with an ERA of 3 4 5 because, again, he has gotten not lit up, but he has had his fair share of, of poor starts. The start before that tip of base start, he only went five innings, gave up four earned runs against the Cubs. He gave up six earned runs to start before that against Milwaukee in five and two-thirds of an innings pitch. So he's got his blow-up starts, but also the game logs are very, very, very kind to him. Five shutout innings against the Marlins on the 20th of April. Seven shutout innings against the Mets on the 25th of April. Five and two-thirds, one run against the Giants on the 5th of May. Seven innings, one earned run against the Orioles on the 11th. Six innings, two earned runs against the Mets on May 17th. He's had some phenomenal starts, but his last one takes the cake. And I thought the start against Tampa Bay, I thought that was as good as we're going to get from Miles Michaelis. And then he comes out and gives you two more outs, a run less, and two hits less for only one hit. His stuff is playing because of the control that he has been able to showcase at the major league level this season. 
His whip is minuscule right now at 0.97. Walks plus hits over innings pitched. He's only walked 16 batters in 82 and a third innings pitched. For reference, he walked 11 batters in 44 and two-thirds innings last year. He only walked 29 batters all of 2018 in 200 innings. 202 thirds to be exact. This is somebody that is finding his stuff that has been everything the Cardinals have needed him to be and more. And maybe it might require a deep dive. It might take a look into the numbers extremely deep, deeper than you might need for a, a clear winner. But Miles Michaelis at least needs to be in the conversation for Cy Young. And I'll give you recency bias. I'll give you that. You know, he's coming off a no-hitter. He's had two great starts against offenses that are not at the top of the league. You got all these things you could say, and I, I get that. But Miles Michaelis has been absolutely dynamite for the Cardinals this year. Dynamite. Last night was just another example of how good Michaelis can be when his control is on. And I'll be honest, I've said this a couple times on the show over the last couple of, couple of years. Hard to believe that already, for me, you know, started in 2020, almost at the two-year mark. I've said this a couple times that that contract by Mosellock did not look the greatest when it was signed. It was in the middle of the 2018 season. You still had 19 to go. You know, he was pitching really well in 2018, but you just didn't know. And then 2019 was bad. Didn't pitch in 2020. Only nine starts, 40-some-odd innings in 2021. So that the, the, the contract looked bad. And it still might be bad. Maybe Michaelis goes back to his 2019-2021 self. It doesn't pitch great. Obviously, that's a possibility. But the point is, is that right now, the big point that I'm trying to make in this, in this comment here, Miles Michaelis is making this into a good contract. He is performing the way he was when he signed it, which is why the Cardinals thought it was such a good idea to give him the multi-year contract before the first season was even up. So credit to Miles Michaelis. He was phenomenal yesterday, aided by defense and by Paul Goldschmidt. How on fire can a man get before we have to call the fire department? Paul Goldschmidt is lighting up the baseball world, taking the world by storm. And we're going to talk about it coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter looks at their computer and orders the parts that only they have to offer? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on your smartphone. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Don't spend up to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at the chain store just $216 from Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for each and every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, everything. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com.
The last Cardinals MVP was Albert Pujols. He was the first baseman. The next Cardinal MVP very well could be their current first baseman in Paul Goldsmith. Three home run day on Tuesday. Two home runs in game two. One in game one. He's on another level right now. When you didn't think it could get any hotter, he's gotten hotter. 349 the average. 431 the on-base. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. 431 on-base. That is the second highest of his career in a single season. The only higher came in 2015 when he had a 435. That is unbelievable. And a 642 slugging. He's never slugged above 600 for an OPS of 1,073. His only OPS of over 1,000 came in that 2015 season when it was 1,005. In 61 games, he has totaled 20 doubles, 16 home runs, 56 runs driven in. What more can we say about Paul Goldschmidt? He was the player of the month in May. And now he's looking like he could be the player of the month in June because his last 15 games, and it is June 15th, the last 15 games... 53 at-bats, 18 hits, that is a 340 average, 17 runs scored, 5 home runs, 14 runs driven in, 11 strikeouts to 13 walks. He's slugging 698 in the last 15 games. There is no other level you could possibly be at if you're Paul Goldschmidt. That is how good Goldschmidt is right now. And I really believe At minimum, he needs to be starting the All-Star game. And at minimum, he's in the discussion. But I don't think MVP is out of the question for Paul Goldschmidt. I really don't. Paul Goldschmidt is somebody that hasn't won an MVP before. He came oh so close uh, earlier in his career. uh, Lost out to Andrew McCutcheon for the MVP back in 2013. When he led the league in home runs, RBI, slugging, OPS, OPS Plus, and total bases. Another stat I'll throw in for you, OPS Plus, 207. When you look at BaseballReference.com, these are the current numbers, the current bolded numbers that he leads the league in. Okay? 81 hits. Batting average, 349. On base, 431. Slugging, 642. OPS, 1,073. OPS Plus, 207. Again, average for that is 200, so he is... Doubled that, more than, in 149 total bases. That's really good. He is on an absolute another level. In his three other seasons with St. Louis, he was 20th in the MVP voting in 2019. He was 15 in 2020 and 6th last year when he only hit 294 365, 514, 879 OPS plus, or OPS, 31 home runs, 99 runs driven in. This is somebody that has had the pedigree. He seems to be getting better with age. That's another thing that we don't really talk about very much because Paul Goldschmidt is indeed 34. He'll be 35 in September. Playing like he's 24. MVP should not be and is not, in my opinion, out of question for Paul Goldschmidt. And again, there's going to be somebody saying, oh, he's doing this against the Pirates. What's it matter? When you're locked in like Goldie is, it doesn't matter who's pitching to you. 
And I know you could also say, oh, it was hot in St. Louis this week. The, the ball is just flying more than normal. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt hit some bombs regardless. doesn't matter how hot or cold it is. This man is on fire. Already mentioned, leading the league in and batting average. He's also leading the league in offensive war at 3.8. Adjusted OPS plus, again, leading. Runs created, according to BaseballReference.com, leading the league, the National League, with 68. 115 times on base. That's leading the league. Offensive win percentage, 860, according to BaseballReference.com. That's leading the league. This is somebody that is having his best season that is already, before this season, an MVP caliber player. If anybody starts at first base besides Paul Goldschmidt for the All-Star game, barring injury, barring him sitting out for some reason, it's a mistake. Not usually one to give extremely hot takes or, you know, cut and dry takes, but I'm sorry. Paul Goldschmidt has been too good this season to not be a, starting for the All-Star game. Looking at the, just the top 10 in these in these different categories, wins above replacement total, 3.7. That's third in the league. Again, 3.9 uh, position players is the highest. Leading the league in batting average. Leading the league in on-base percentage. Leading the league in slugging percentage. Leading the league in on-base plus slugging. He is 10th in plate appearances. Third in runs scored. First in hits. First in total bases. Tied for fourth with doubles, only four behind the lead. He is third in home runs at 16. He is second in RBIs. He is fifth in walks. You, you, you just can't get this guy out. And I understand the guy in New York, Pete Alonso, having a phenomenal year. 18 home runs, 59 runs driven in, above Goldschmidt in both those categories. But I just think Paul Goldschmidt is more of a complete hitter than Alonso. And Alonzo is having a phenomenal year. You're also going to see him in the top 10 of a lot of different categories around Paul Goldschmidt. Above him in a couple different categories, but not in hits, not in total bases, not in slugging percentage, not in on base, not in offensive war, not in total war, nothing. Both of these players deserve all-star nods. Paul Goldschmidt needs to be the starting first baseman in the National League Central. He's also on pace for an MVP caliber season. So is Alonzo. Again, I'm not trying to take credit away from Alonzo or away from anybody. But Pete, but Paul Goldschmidt right now is in one of the best offensive zones we've ever seen him in in a Cardinal uniform, arguably ever. Because yes, he always struggles to start the season. April was bad, but usually May isn't great either. He doesn't really start getting really hot until June, July, and August. Well, now he just got started a month earlier. He is one of the best hitters in the game right now performing. Paul Goldschmidt should be getting MVP votes by season's end. Should be starting the All-Star game for the National League. I also posed a question on Twitter before I stop talking about Paul Goldschmidt. It's hard to stop because he's that good. That's how good Paul Goldschmidt is. I really just want to talk about him forever. That is how great he has been. But Paul Goldschmidt... There's a really good argument, and again, 
I tweeted this out as well. There's a really good argument, and recency bias is a thing, but there's still a really good argument to say that Paul Goldschmidt is the best first baseman in the National League Central since Pujols left. Locked On Reds jumped in on the conversation, which I invited them to on the Locked On Cardinals Twitter account, and responded with the following. Since 2012, Joey Votto has a 146 weighted runs created plus. Since 2019, when Goldschmidt arrived at the National League Central, Goldschmidt won 38. So, by that metric, Votto's a better player. So, Joey, according to Locked On Reds, quote, Joey wins the argument since Pujols left. Now, best first baseman since 2019 is more in favor of Goldschmidt. I think since 2019, and Votto's had some, some good years, he's really re-energized himself, resurged. Since 2019, I don't think it's close that Goldschmidt's the best in the division. And there's a good debate between Votto and Goldschmidt. You could maybe the Cub fans will want to throw in Rizzo, but this is. It, I don't like to throw this this around lightly. I think the narrative is there a lot when you compare Pujols and Goldschmidt. Excuse me, Pujols and Goldschmidt because you've got Cardinal first baseman, really good, right? But this is a Pujols-like run that Goldschmidt is on. This is a prime Pujols-like run that Paul Goldschmidt is on right now. You can't get him out. That's how good Goldschmidt is. Not too many people can be compared to Pujols. Prime Pujols. Goldschmidt's doing his best right now. Drop your thoughts in the comments section on the YouTube. Email me lockedoncards at gmail.com. DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. The show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Goldschmidt, another level. Another freaking level. I don't think there's a close argument for first base in the National League Central or in the National League All-Star Game. Alonzo's going to do his best, but Goldschmidt can't get him out. Cannot get him out. So we talked about the two stars of the, of the games. Michael is in game, one, or game two, Goldschmidt in both games and really every game since May 1st. We'll talk about a couple more points in, game, in the games. We'll talk about Nolan Arenado's base running. We're going to talk about the weird balk call or delayed balk call uh, for the the Cardinals for the for the Cardinals against the Pirates that was kind of a weird play so we'll talk about both those things coming up here in just a moment but first I want to talk about today's title sponsor and that is BlueNile.com and BlueNile.com is incredible because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment in your relationship you can find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring because each ring is one of a kind, just like your significant other. If you're looking for fine jewelry but you're having trouble choosing, no worries there because Blue Nile jewelry has experts online 24-7. Available via the phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Trust me, I know that I would be using this chat line as soon as I go to Blue Nile, as soon as an anniversary comes up for me. So be sure to take advantage of it as well. Be sure to make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. And as a caveat, Locked On Sports listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code Locked On. That's code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. At checkout plus, every order is is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. 
Hard to find too many things that went wrong for the Cardinals in the doubleheader sweep on Tuesday. And it was really the offense, it was the pitching in Game 1 and the offense in Game 2 that really came through. But I want to talk about two, two specific plays and then talk about individual, individual performances, specifically with Game 1 that I haven't talked about yet. But before that, I want to let you know that the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. That's tomorrow. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders to give you everything you need to know. First pick is tomorrow, June 16th. Be sure to search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Follow now so you don't miss a pick. In the fourth inning, the fourth inning was a weird one. Because you had Molina get picked off, and then you had the great base running, the exceptional base running, of Nolan Gorman. And it's really one that you didn't expect to see just because it was so bizarre. Okay, it, it, it was so bizarre. First, we'll start with, with the balk play uh, because it was JT Brubaker on the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it only led, or excuse me, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it only led to one run. Uh, but you have Bayer grounding out. You had back-to-back errors by Diego Castilla. And then Donovan strikes out for the second out. While Norman Gorman was batting, Brubaker set up in the windup. 3-2, two, two outs, runners on base, runners getting a head start. Brubaker starts his windup and then steps off. It should have been a balk in the first place. And from what I saw on, online of the Pirates broadcast, they were irate that it was end up calling a balk. They, both radio and TV admitted that it was a balk. They were just mad that it wasn't called. Molina was picked off to end the inning. And then they go back and make the call. They were arguing that Molina convinced them, and there's a decent argument for that. I don't know the exact rule, but regardless, it was a bizarre play, and it really made things really... Could have gone a lot worse if Goldschmidt made the Pirates pay, which he, he didn't. But that was just a weird, bizarre play that if, I, if, if that was the other way around, I'd be irate that they had to reverse that call. I would be, and I'm sure Cardinal fans would be as well. But I want to highlight the great base running in that play. Uh, this is in game one, that fourth inning. Goldsmith hits one on the ground after the Gorman walk. And instead of sliding into second base and conceding the out, Nolan Gorman rounds second, so he's safe. The run scores at that point. Gorman was trying to get a second run. Amundo Sosa was uh, caught in a run down and picked off. But, you know, that was only a 3-1 to one game. That run could have played a pivotal role for the St. Louis Cardinals. It ended up just just being insurance, but a great heads-up base running play by Nolan Gorman, proving that, yes, he's got light tower power. Yes, he's got some things to work on on the field, but he flashed leather a little bit yesterday. He's also a very smart base runner. I was really impressed with that play. Even the, the second-miss umpire, Dan Iasonia, kind of delayed his safe call because he was confused. <laughs> I was confused as well. I'm sure everybody else was. But that was a really heads-up play by Gorman in Game 1 for the St. Louis Cardinals that, again, played a key role because it ended up being... It ended up allowing it to be a 3-1 advantage instead of just a 2-run advantage. But pitching in this game was, was really the highlight for me. You had Libertor go five solid innings, just three hits, two walks, five strikeouts, throws 79 pitches, 51 for strikes, gets a second career win. Drew Verhagen puts up a scoreless sixth inning. Hennessy Cabrera comes in. He gives up a home run to Chang in the seventh inning. He goes to a total of inning and a third. Helsley comes in, gets two outs, and Gallegos gets the save. 
He pitches, gives up a hit, but strikes out a man in the ninth. That again, the recipe for success for the Cardinals. Starting pitcher goes five to six. You finish it up seven, eight, nine with your big three. There still is a great argument that you're going to need somebody to get that sixth inning if your starter only gives you five, and you're going to need some pitching help. There's a good argument for that. But again, the Cardinals showing right now the strength of this team, a huge strength of this team, is that when this bullpen is rested, they are really phenomenal. And outside of Goldschmidt, the offense wasn't anything too big to write home about in Game 1. Goldschmidt was something to write home about in Game 2, but so were some other key characters. Tommy Edmond, a three-hit day. Brendan Donovan, a four-hit day. Nolan Gorman had a couple hits, and Harrison Bader gets back in the hit column as well. You saw a double by Gorman, double by Donovan, leadoff home run by Edmond as well, in addition to the two home runs hit by Paul Goldschmidt. So again, I recognize, I agree, it was the Pirates. This team is bad. This does not mean that the Cardinals are automatically back to their all-star performances, that we can just cruise to the end of the season, that everything, every problem this team has is fixed. I understand that that is not the case. But what did I talk about on Monday? I started the show at this point as well. What did I talk about on Monday? The Cardinals need to take advantage of their schedule, as well as the Brewers' schedule. Two days later, check and check. The Mets beat the Brewers. The Cardinals won three games against Pittsburgh, looking for a sweep a little bit later. They have done everything they needed to do to take advantage of the schedule and dominate the Pirates. Step three is for Jack Flaherty to make his return, give you 60 pitches, hopefully that's around three to four innings, and dominate. And go into Boston with a four-game winning streak coming off a sweep. That would be prime. So that's going to do it for episode number one today. So this is in place of Tuesday's, yesterday's episode because if you're wondering why I didn't talk about Jack Flaherty talking about him in the second episode released today, a little bit later on this afternoon so be sure to tune back in for that but again, Miles Michaelis Paul Goldsmith stole the show on Tuesday in a doubleheader sweep. So be sure to come back a little bit later as I preview Jack Flaherty's season debut as the Cardinals go for a four game sweep against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Until I talk to you then, be sure to stay safe, stay well and have a fantastic rest of your day.